You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Rootlock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston and I am your host. The beacon card for today's episode is the Tower, and this seems fitting in a sense, even though we will not be exploring the Tower today, and instead exploring the Justice card. The way I am starting to see it, the Major Arcana journey hinges on the Justice card in a way. As I've been speaking about already in this season of the podcast, justice marks the halfway point in the journey, and in doing so, provides us with some big clues about how to proceed. In a sense, it is a major course correction that is necessary for us to move through before we can successfully enter the most challenging phases of the journey, which includes the tower, today's beacon card. So in today's episode, we will really be digging into justice and solidifying our understanding of it in relation to the Major Arcana journey and why it's so important in the philosophy of tarot that I have. This isn't the only way to work with justice or to see the justice card, but if you like the direction I've been going with this season, the justice card is essential to this framework, as we'll talk about today. But before we get into justice, I want to make just a couple of announcements. The first is, as I hinted at earlier, that I will be taking a mid-season break after next week's episode. To be perfectly transparent about this, the process I use to produce uh, the episodes have several steps. I outline the season and outline each episode, then I write notes for the episode, and then I record it. And as of now, I just feel a little bit behind schedule for having the episodes come out weekly following next week. Um, I haven't really moved past the outline phase for a lot of those episodes in the latter half of the season. So the plan is to take a few weeks off, uh, but not too many, maybe two to four, I don't know, uh, and then come back with those later episodes. And after next week feels like a good break point too because we will have completed an arc in looking at three of the cards in the journey. And the latter half of the season will cover one other system of numbers and meaning that I see in the Major Arcana, and also try to kind of tie everything together as much as possible. Um, So I feel like this is a good time to take a little break, take a little breather, and uh, wait a little bit before we get into the later half of the season. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that and thank you so much for your patience with me and my process. The other announcement that I want to draw your attention to is another tarot podcast that is in the works. My friend Brandy Spradling, who you may know as Venus in Retro Tarot, will be launching a podcast called Venus in Retrocast next month, which is February. The tagline for this podcast is a tarot podcast for the astro curious. And from what I understand, Brandy will be covering astrological connections to the cards, which is something I really don't do here. 
So if you're looking for that perspective and want to learn with someone that I admire, go out and find Brandy and her forthcoming podcast. You can follow her on Instagram at Venus and Retro Tarot, and you can also find the podcast Venus and Retrocast already on many podcast platforms, and I'll link all that in the show notes. Now, part of the reason I'm announcing this here now and giving her this plug now is because the other segment of her podcast will be answering listener questions. So if you want to seek out some tarot-assisted advice or get some new perspectives on the cards from someone who I think is really brilliant, go find Brandy and submit your question. And I think she'll give you a great response if she's able to answer it. So that's it for now as far as announcements. So let's get into our investigation of the Justice card in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. beacon card of this season of Rootlock Radio is Justice. And to be honest, I have struggled with the Justice card for quite a long time. There's a way it seems almost too straightforward. Justice. Even the image on the card of the figure sitting in front of a curtain between two stone columns with a sword in one hand and the scales in the other, it's pretty straightforward. They're here to deliver justice, but I find when a card is so closely associated with something that we already have a lot of ideas about, it can make it all the more elusive. Strength presents this problem too. We have an idea of what strength is, but then the image of the card doesn't really align with that, and what are we to do? I spent Rootlock Radio Season 3 unpacking the strength card and finding much more to it than we often think of as when we think of strength based on our cultural norms and cultural ideas of that word. So the image of that card really was an inroad to understanding Tarot's version of strength and how it differs from how we might think of strength otherwise. Justice may be even more elusive because the image is so straightforward. Where's the nuance? Where's the key to it meaning something deeper and more profound than the dictionary definition of justice? Right, with strength, this emerged from the difference between the image of the card, which is that feminine figure interacting with a lion, and what we might expect when we think of the word strength, right? But with justice, the image looks like it could come straight out of an illustrated dictionary. So how do we go deeper? We know with tarot that the key is always there somewhere, at least in my experience. If you look, you'll find it. And for me, this key lies in the card's placement in the Major Arcana journey. It is exactly halfway through. In fact, because there are 21 cards, again, if you remove the Fool, which as I mentioned last week, kind of exists in the ether around and outside of the journey. But if you consider those 21 cards in the three lines of seven, 
just this is the halfway point. And so if you cut that journey in half, you are slicing right down the middle of the justice card. It's as if you can take that perfectly upright sword depicted in the image on the card and use it on the card itself. And this slicing down the middle feels important to me. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking about justice and its historical placement as the first card in the second leg of the journey, as card number eight. So hold on, and I will talk about that soon. When I think about justice, there is a slicing nature to it. When life seems to serve us justice, it can feel like a sword comes slicing through our lives. Sometimes it severs something, sometimes it delivers something, but it always can feel abrupt and irreversible. Think of a verdict in a courtroom. That moment is so tense, right? The jury finds the defendant, whatever the verdict is, right? Whatever comes next abruptly changes the course of someone's life, for better or worse, and often impacts the lives of so many other people, too. Think about Breonna Taylor and so many other cases where on-duty police officers murdered a black person and were not held accountable in court. The moment the verdict was read can send a shockwave across the nation, across the world. So whenever I hear that sentence, the jury finds the defendant, whether it's in a real-life situation or in a movie, my heart skips a beat. Everything changes in a moment when the sword of justice slices through our lives. As I discussed in episode two of this season, I hosted a tarot challenge at the start of the year that began with the card after justice, the hanged man. I'm talking about the start of 2020, by the way. And the echo cards revealed themselves to me during that experience. Echo cards is my way of labeling The idea that if you consider justice a card that splits the journey, you can see an echoing of certain themes or energies in the cards in the latter half of the journey from the cards in the first half of the journey. Again, go back to episode two of this season if you want to learn about this. But what I learned about justice is that its echo card is the fool. And this makes me think that in a similar way to the fool, justice also has a way of being a part of the journey and also kind of not. While all of the other cards present an energy that we can sort of step into, utilize, and work with, justice is more like an energy that happens to us. In a way, it feels like the card where we have the least agency or no agency. Even the other cards that represent something happening to us offer us an energy that we can work with. So the Wheel of Fortune asks us to identify what is and is not in our control in order to best use our agency in a situation where there's a lot that's out of our control. The Hanged Man asks us to use a time of stagnancy to see our situation differently and to sort of channel a more internal energy to find agency there. Death asks us to step into our courage in order to forge through a time of transformation. Even the tower can ask us to utilize a clearing energy to intentionally collapse structures in our lives. So with the tower, it can feel like something is happening to us and we're completely at its mercy. But we can also reframe it as an opportunity to clear out 
what we identified as harmful in the devil. So we know why we're clearing out what we are. I often say with the tower, it's kind of clear or be cleared, that kind of thing. So there is agency to it. We can resist it and, and go into kind of feeling bad for ourselves and think, why is this happening? But we know why it's happening, right? In the devil, we identified what, what structures we really need to get rid of. So with justice, there's a difference, right? I don't really see any opportunity to take any agency. We just are really just allowing. And just like the fool, right? The fool is justice's echo card. The fool teaches us to kind of shut up our human minds and just allow ourselves to be with what is happening. So when the jury reads the verdict, all we can do is sit there and listen. It is a rare moment where our fate is completely out of our own hands, right? That's very rarely true. And we can listen to that echo of the fool at that moment. Be present. Don't look down, right? Don't tap into your anxiety. Don't catastrophize. There is nothing that you can do in this moment but be right here with yourself, with your senses, with your body, with your breath, which also happens to be a good precursor to the hanged man, right, with justice. When we realize we do have some agency in the hanged man, but that agency is in a time of stagnancy, and that agency can only be put toward our internal experience not our external circumstances. So justice is kind of a good lead-in. And I almost think of justice as being really like a moment, a flash. It's like a really quick moment where we don't have any agency. And then we quickly move into the hanged man where it's like, okay, but what can you do internally? I really don't know where I picked this up exactly, but I often associate justice with the way eclipses are sometimes talked about in astrology. Now, I quickly want to say that I intentionally stay away from talking about astrology here most of the time. This is a tarot podcast, and I like to say stay focused on tarot. If integrating astrology is something you are interested in, there are tons of ways to do that. But I like to keep the focus here on tarot. I know that might be disappointing to some people because a lot of tarot people like astrology. And I personally love astrology because I think the mechanics of the cycles of the planets in relation to each other and a series of constellations is a very cool metaphor for how life works. The way I see it is we cycle through these different experiences and learn as we go. And though we may often find ourselves back at certain points of a cycle, find ourselves in a familiar place where we've been before, that moment is always different also because There are all these other cycles happening, right? All the other planets are doing something different. So it helps us to see our life in a less linear fashion and more as like a series of interacting cycles, which I think is really cool. But I also love that tarot does not need astrology to function. And my aim is always to present tarot as something that you can develop as your own practice and integrate other belief systems as you see fit whether that's astrology or anything else. Even if you are aligned with an organized religion, like some kind of Christian church or something, I personally believe there is a place where you can integrate tarot because tarot itself is spiritual, not religious. It is a tool to access spirituality 
that is universal to all of us. And it's not a text that tells us what to believe or how to act, which is more of a religious thing. So I'll talk more in this season about what I think spirituality is in terms of tarot and what I think universal spirituality is, no matter what your sort of belief systems are. So we'll be talking about that more this season. But back to eclipses, right? So that was a little bit of a tangent. Eclipses in astrology. So I'm not necessarily saying you need to think anything about eclipses to hear what I'm about to say. You don't need to believe in astrology. Rather, the idea that I hear about eclipses seems like a good analogy for how justice works in the major journey. So eclipses occur when the sun, the moon, and the earth all line up in a way that disrupts the usual way of things. Suddenly a full moon, which is usually the brightest moment of the moon cycle, is darkened by a shadow. Or suddenly the sun gets blocked by the moon, and it's almost like day turns into night. Either way, there is a disruptive nature in the mechanics of an eclipse that really only lasts for a few moments, right? Our usual order is thrown out the window, and for a short period of time, we were living in an almost alternate reality. So this was really driven home to me when I went to Wyoming in August of 2017 to put myself in the path of totality for the full solar eclipse that occurred that month. Things began to feel really eerie as the moon started to block out the sun. Some things that happened, the searingly hot day got cool. All the dogs that were around, and there were a lot of them, laid down. The birds stopped chirping. And they had been chirping a lot as the eclipse was beginning, but then they stopped. And there were all these little wiggly crescent-shaped shadows everywhere. It was really cool. And then when the sun was totally blocked out, we were able to take our eclipse glasses off. And the world around us looked really wild. The horizon in all directions looked like it was either dawn or dusk. And the sun was this blacked out disc with this like brilliant silver light bursting out of it on all sides. It was beautiful and totally strange. And looking back, it doesn't really feel real. So if you ever have a chance to view a total solar eclipse, I would highly recommend doing it. But what does this have to do with justice? Well, if justice sort of slices the journey down the middle... And if slicing the journey down the middle slices justice in half, there is a kind of disruption of the usual way of things, the usual progression that we have in the major arcana journey. And then we also have this echo of the fool, which is an energy where we are really existing out of, outside of the journey in some way, right? We're kind of in an alternate reality. So I've heard astrologers talk about eclipses, as a time when everything in our life is tossed into the air and lands in a new formation. This is a disruption, and for a moment we have no agency, right? It's like everything's up in the air, and then it lands in a new formation, and then we can figure out what to do. And just like when the jury reads the verdict, I've also heard astrologers say that eclipses are a time where you just are able to allow You don't want to utilize that energy to manifest or do any of those rituals that sometimes people do around a newer full moon. It's just too wild. So I've heard astrologers say, maybe just kind of allow. And I've also heard astrologers say that eclipses can bring a kind of course correction, 
we are suddenly lifted off the path we were on and dropped onto a totally different path. Whatever happens, no matter how disruptive, it is meant to be, and it is putting you on a more aligned path, even if you can't see that in the moment. So if you lose a job or a relationship or something is canceled or you were pushed into making a decision you weren't ready to make, anything like that happening around an eclipse, the, the suggestion is to recognize that it is a course correction. It may feel aggressive or uncomfortable, and you may not understand it, but it is getting you on a path you are supposed to be on. And I think of justice as being that way too. Now, I don't want to move on without acknowledging the astrologers who have taught me this stuff. And I am sorry to say that I can't necessarily directly connect the ideas that I've just laid out to specific astrologers. I can't say this person taught me this because I've absorbed it over so many years. And um, But I can tell you who the three astrologers I probably got all this from are. And that's Anne Ortley, Jessica Lignato, and Jeff Hinshaw. So they all three have podcasts, and I will link them all in the show notes. And they're all great. So if you're into astrology, I definitely recommend listening to their podcasts, engaging with their content, and, you know, you'll learn a lot. I have. So all this makes me think of another word that I often associate with justice, which is alignment. We see those balanced scales and that upright sword. And when our spine is nice and straight like that, we often feel aligned in our bodies. That upright position can really represent a sense that all is as it should be. And so when justice shows up, when that sword cuts something down the middle, when we encounter a situation that is a huge disruption, but ultimately a course correction, it's all about alignment. What is supposed to happen will happen, and it can feel terrible or be scary. We cannot understand it, or it maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll feel really great and be exciting. That can happen too. But it is also all about getting aligned with what is true and unique to us as individuals. But we have to allow it to happen and not resist or protest. And this is, of course, something that we need to learn to keep going on the journey. Allowing, not resisting, not protesting. We can't make it through the tough energies to come unless we know how to do that. And it reminds me of the concept of radical acceptance. So this is a therapy thing. And the basic idea is that you practice accepting things just as they are, no matter how bad they are that this deep and radical form of acceptance is an important first step in facing any problem. So if I can accept that this is where I am, I can begin to figure out how to move forward. But if I'm spending all my energy protesting against reality, wishing things were different, feeling like I just wished that things would change, then I'm stuck in my anxiety about the situation and draining all my energy and wishing for kind of a magic solution, right? So I think we first encounter something like this radical acceptance uh, in the Wheel of Fortune. And in that card, we are directed to consider what is out of our control and to accept it, and then to consider what is in our control and take some agency there, right? But the first step is accepting what we can't control. So in Justice, again, we have this jury reading the verdict kind of energy. We have no control or agency. 
And so we have to work extra hard to accept the situation, even if it is a situation that we do not like. Because only when we accept it can we begin to move forward. So that's radical acceptance, and I think it's an important thing to kind of tie in with justice. So let's take a quick break, and I'll be back to talk more about the justice card. Rootlock Radio is made commercial-free by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon group. A $5 per month contribution gets you access to special deals and discounts, as well as access to the Rootlock Radio Tarot Discussion Forum. In this forum, hosted on Discord, you can chat regularly with me and other Rootlock Radio listeners. It is a great place to bring your tarot questions and reflections and to find support and inspiration in your tarot journey. You can also support me by purchasing one of my tarot PDF books or by enrolling in my self-directed virtual tarot course. All of this can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast that's totally free to you is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps new listeners to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at RootlockTarot and sign up for my email newsletter. Regardless of all that, you show your support by listening to Rootlock Radio. And thank you so much. It is important to note that Pamela Coleman Smith is responsible for justice being in this placement of being the very middle of the journey. In the Smith, Rider, Wait, and many subsequent decks, justice is the halfway point. But many previous decks have justice where we find strength in that Smith, Rider, Wait deck, which is card number eight and the start of that second leg of the journey. Pamela Coleman-Smith switched strength and justice, putting justice as the halfway point, and strength is the beginning of that second leg. Now, one thing that's amazing about this move is that it is a very justice act, right? Like justice does, Pamela Coleman-Smith disrupted the usual order of things and offered a course correction that would really change the history of tarot. And from what I know, she didn't really offer much of an explanation of why. And this is very justice, because with justice, we might try to get that answer of why, but we often don't get an answer to the question, why? Switching those two cards may be one of the biggest things that ever happened in tarot, because, besides Pamela Coleman-Smith illustrating the minors with scenes instead of patterns, also in the same deck. So this deck really is such a big moment of change. And the card I would put to capture that change is justice. People may not understand or accept what she did to the deck, but the Smith Rider Waite deck has been so influential that it's stuck, and it's now widely accepted that justice is card 11. So it really changed the history of tarot in a moment and without an explanation. If you listen to season three, 
You may remember that I thought strength made sense as the start of line two because it initiates a process that we will go through in that leg of the journey. I can see how justice fits there in a sense too. There's an argument for that. We need to learn to allow, which is not something we really do in the first line of the journey. But the real growth in that second leg of the journey is not learning to allow things beyond our control to happen, but learning to navigate our responses to those things. And that is a strength theme, right? And justice, where we are completely at the mercy of an outside force beyond our control, is a big challenge to our internal response. But strength allows us to make it through. Strength lays down the foundation for justice better than vice versa, in my opinion. So I definitely am in the Pamela Coleman Smith camp here. In fact, I have this deck called the Hoi Polloi deck, and it's my go-to deck. I use it all the time. I don't really use any other decks very much. Um, And it's definitely a Smith Rider Waite deck. It's it's a very close uh, imitation of the Smith images. In fact, so close that it got shut down for copyright laws, and it was only printed for a couple years in the 1970s. But anyway, in this deck, we actually have Justice as card 8 and Strength as card 11. And even though that's the case, I still see right past it. And I see Strength as 8 and Justice as 11. So even though my deck is not aligned with the Pamela Coleman Smith order of things, I am. So one more thing before we wrap up today. In a couple of episodes, I'm going to introduce this concept that I call resource cards. And I will go into this in depth then. But while we were talking about justice, I thought we could touch on this concept as it relates to this card, just as a little bit of a preview and to get this idea in your mind before we really go into it. So as we noticed, an echo card is the card in the first half of the journey that corresponds with the card in the second half of the journey based on the order of the cards. So if we slice the journey in half, justice echoes the fool, the hanged man echoes the magician, death echoes the high priestess, and so on. There is a little whisper of what did you learn back then when we encounter a higher number card and think of the echo card. A resource card, on the other hand, is based on the numerology of the card. So for any card above 10, you reduce the number by adding the two digits together and get the resource card. Again, I will talk about this in depth in the episode on that. But in short, a resource card shows us what resource we might need to draw on to best take the healing invitation of the card we're working with. So it's a little bit different. An echo card says, where did you already encounter a simpler form of this energy? And what did you learn? And a resource card says, here's what you need right now. So with justice, which is card 11, we add one plus one and get two. So the resource card for justice is the high priestess. And the high priestess, we will remember, really invites us into the unknown realm, into our subconscious, our emotions, into the ocean and the night sky. The high priestess tells us it is okay to not know. And there is something to be learned from not knowing. It really directs us away from our cognitive mind and into our intuition. 
And often, in a justice moment when we have no agency, our intuition is a place where we can find some trust that what is happening is meant to happen and we will be okay, even if we don't understand it at all, even if we don't know why it's happening. So we may even be more than okay as we gain resilience and experience the kind of powerful growth that can come from moments that are tough. Did you know that post-traumatic growth is more common than post-traumatic stress disorder? When people have the support and resources they need, and that's an important piece of it, a trauma often leads to a person being stronger than they were before they experienced it. And it is that kind of thing and our spirituality, which the high priestess calls us to get in touch with, it's one resource that can protect us from being traumatized. Now, this is not a knock on people who are traumatized. No one has who has experienced a trauma is at fault, right? Or should have done something different. What I am saying is that it can be helpful to know that developing these resources can help to protect us when we encounter distressing situations or trauma in the future. So that's part of what I'm aiming for with this season as well, is to talk about these resources. What are resources that you need in your life to feel protected from experiencing that kind of distress in a way that's really destructive to you? And that's something that Tarot's here to teach us too. So the Echo Card of Justice, again, the Fool, says, what did you learn? And the Fool says, you learn to just be and allow. And the Resource Card of Justice, again, the High Priestess says, what resource do you need? And the, the high priestess says you need to not know in a logical sense, but you may know in an intuitive sense, and your spirituality will help you out in this moment. Together, these two cards support us as we endure this energy. This course correction where something likely happens that we don't expect or logically understand, where we have no choice but to allow it to happen and make sense of it later, if at all, often not, it can be good it can be bad. More often, it's probably hard to know if it's good or bad in a justice-type moment. But the best thing we can do is to allow it to happen. So that's a little preview of what I think will be a major takeaway this season, which is these systems and connections within the major arcana cards that help us to understand them and work with them better, especially those cards at the end, the second half of the journey. But the by the end of the season, you should be well-versed in both Echo cards and resource cards, because I'm going to talk about them quite a bit more. So back to the season of Rulock Radio having Justice as its beacon card. What's the significance of that now that we've talked about Justice this episode? Well, this whole season is a massive reframe of the Major Arcana. So if you imagine Rulock Radio as a podcast as going on a journey... In the first season, we laid the foundation for a certain way of looking at the whole deck, including the Major Arcana. This season will break that open in new ways. My intention is to disrupt what we have established about the Major Arcana in order to see things that might be happening there too that we didn't see before. And my hope is that this feels kind of like a course correction, like we were doing fine, right? We were ambling along and doing fine. But suddenly we're put on a different course, a different way of seeing it. And then two realities exist, right? And at times it may be annoying to try to integrate new systems into an established tarot practice. 
But if we allow it to happen, then we might grow a whole lot too. And growth through allowing is a big part of justice. Growth through not understanding exactly what's happening as it's happening. And at the halfway point of the journey, we're ready to level up. And that's what justice is here to say to us. And I think we're ready for that here too. So thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you next week. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Thank you.